Hello everyone and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Bodies, Episode 4, right up the wazoo. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher, watching Bodies for the first time. Dropped on Netflix a little while ago, but you know what? We take our time here on Show Hoppers. And who's we? Well, it's me and it's my co-host and former student, Kurt. Kurt, this is all very explainable. Oh, see, like I'm now I'm scared with the quotes because I don't even. You should be scared of the quotes because <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. It's all very explainable. I... Wait, did Hassan say that? <laughs> it was a no. Hassan scene, oh. but but it oh, wasn't well, Hassan. Right. It was Bar- oh, Barbary. Now yeah. I remember. Yes, not that. <laughs> yeah, so this is oh, all geez. very explainable, and we will endeavor to do so right after we guess each other's ratings. Ratings. Kurt, I think you're most excited about. I mean, I'm I'm gonna guess your TV time favorite character right now. It's Whiteman, but so it was the wrong segment. But okay, just, I know it's not. But I'll guess it again later. But because of that, I think you really like this episode because they really humanized him in this episode, uh, and I think that goes a long way. Uh, you might be a little sad about them leaving Hellinghead by the wayside this episode. I mean, he's he's in like the first third of it, and then we don't see him again. <laughs> Uh, so you might be a little sad by that. Uh, we spent a lot of time with Hassan again. I know you're not like, I know that's not your favorite storyline. Uh, I, I think we get enough of Whiteman and Maplewood that you really liked it a, a lot. Maybe not as much as the previous episode. Uh, I'll say you still gave it a 9 out of 10, though. I think you like the Whiteman stuff. Hillinghead definitely gets put to the wayside. I think his storyline has for lack of a word, better word, peaked, right? He's had mm-hmm. a he's had a up, now a decline. Maybe we'll we'll learn a bit more about Polly since we see Polly and White Whiteman's timeline, which definitely right. is interesting. Always good to see somebody from another timeline in a different timeline. Yes, oh of course. The, huh, I don't know how you felt about Hassan's. I think you I think you liked Hassan's. I think you liked Maplewood and Defoe's discussion in the future in 2053. I think you gave it a nine. I think you enjoyed the episode as well. Okay. You want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I did give it a nine. You're right. Okay. I, I, yeah. I did like the white, the white men scenes. I think were the, uh, the best ones pound for pound for the, the weight that they were in for it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I agree with that. Uh, I, I definitely think the white men story was the best story. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Hellinghead just kind of takes a backseat. It's just him going back with Henry. So, it's okay. Uh, not really that. Not, nothing too much. Hassan's has a lot of plot. Yeah. But I like it. I like where they're going with it. That at mm-hmm. least Hassan's discovered it. I think it was a little bit shoe hammering <laughs> how <laughs> she figures out Whiteman. I totally agree. <laughs> She's like, oh, this mm, guy in, in the warehouse full of files <laughs> remembers the one. Because <laughs> I, I was. I, I, well, maybe he's part of the, maybe he's part of the secret society. That's what I was wondering, oh, or okay. whatever this organization is. It was helping to lead her in that way because it seems as though you know strings are being pulled. It it looks as though that this is all intended to happen. It's inevitable, as Defoe says. So that I kind of explained away Clive knowing it too. Maybe someone showed Clive it recently, knowing that this would happen, or Clive is part of the organization because it does sound oh, fair enough. Very That's conspiratorial. Good. Yeah, I like. But I, I like the both same of thing. those. I like both those takes actually. Uh, and Cl- Clive also, uh, you know, he he does have the the title quote here. So maybe Clive, maybe they're trying to tell us that Clive's a more important character 
than we initially might have thought. So Hassan, despite it being, again, mostly all plot, I thought it was very interesting, compelling, and so was Maplewood's discussion with Defoe in the future. Because the future is, to me, the biggest forefront of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. The most unknown. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so oh, like reasonable, reasonable, very reasonable. Honestly, so I I honestly I gave this a 10. Kurt. Oh. I love this episode. I thought it was so good. So yes, Helling Head gets kind of left by the wayside, but you know what? We don't get a lot of time with Helling Head, but the time oh. we get I mean, really it's only there to serve two purposes. Purpose one is to show us the locket, and purpose two is to uh show us that he really wants to be with Henry, despite the fact that he doesn't want to lose his family. Uh, and that's a, that's a complicated emotional state to be in. And I, I so I, I like that. I like that, uh, that kind of cognitive dissonance that he's having. Uh, I like that on display. So, you know what? Short, sweet, and really good for what it was. Uh, the Whiteman story was spectacular. My God, uh, that, I, perfect as far as i'm concerned so good so good uh hassan's stuff again hassan seems like a, a very one-dimensional character to me uh, i'm not very interested in hassan as a character but whatever this plot was really cool i really i really liked that she discovered whiteman's and hillinghead's uh case files that was great uh and the maplewood and defoe stuff i thought was really great too honestly in any other episode that probably would have been my favorite story but because whiteman's story was so good i i had to go with uh, i have to, I, I, I gotta call this a 10 this is great it is a good episode i, I didn't give it a 10 I, I could see why you did but I, I did enjoy it i i question whether i liked it more or less than last week's right now yeah. i like it more but we'll see all right. When the the recap happens, if that still holds true. Well, we've already tipped uh, part of our hand here that the Whiteman story is our favorite story. But what, Kurt, is our favorite scene? Favorite scenes. So I'm I'm gonna chalk this. Mm-hmm. And say that since Whiteman was your favorite story, that is also where your favorite scene lies. Although you are very notorious for deviating from that, uh, you frequently not notorious. Say this known this, for it. N- notorious. <laughs> so this, 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 you frequently say this was my favorite story, but then pick a favorite scene from a totally different psych- uh, section of the episode. But I think you didn't in this case. I think in this case. The Whiteman story is your favorite story, and you picked. I re- I really went back and forth about this because, like, the discovery of Esther being dead is is just so short. It's just not a. It's the, it's the emotional gut punch of the episode. And by the way, that might be another reason why I gave it a ten because there's more emotional uh, heft to this episode than there has been in previous episodes because of this. So. Um, and I anticipated too, like oh, yeah, unexpectedly. Yeah. I did yeah. not think Esther would. I, the whole story I thought it was going to be was, oh, now he's going to start caring for this kid. We'll see mm-hmm. these two together. How sweet! No, okay, well, well, okay, but I, I thought she was dead meat here. Like you, you when as soon as she got the chocolate, you didn't think she was dead meat. No, I did not. I did not. Did you not see the opening title? The chocolate was the thing in the opening title. 
Oh, I didn't even think of the opening title yeah. when I watched this episode. Yeah. I didn't even look. Yeah. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The cho- the one of the one of the letters. I can't remember which one. I'll, I'll look real quick. It was uh, the B. The B. The top of the B flips to a chocolate bar. No, I so, didn't. I didn't yeah. even look at. The so, so as soon as she as soon as she got that chocolate, and they, I mean, the music that they were playing for Polly was very foreboding. <laughs> so I was like, oh no, Esther's dead. I like her. Anyway, so. Uh, and so Polly, uh, giving her the chocolate, or I'm sorry, Esther dying, I think may have been too short for you to pick that as your favorite scene. Uh, I guess it, uh, you might've picked Polly giving her the chocolate and Whiteman going into the tunnel. That's a possibility, but I believe that you picked Whiteman having dinner with her, uh, and, you know, talking about going away and maybe he'll go too, and then. You know, they're they're hiding out from this guy who's staking them out, and the Luftwaffe starts dropping bombs, and you know he chases her and he he holds her and he says, you know, I I, I promise I'm not going to leave you like that. I think that was your favorite scene. I I was going to guess the same thing for you too. Okay, so I'm going to, but yeah, you did get me right. I did ah. pick that scene. Good on you. I didn't think you would get me right. Yeah. Ah, I'm glad I got you right. You didn't get me right. I pulled yeah. Kurt this time. <laughs> it's not. A it's a completely sensible thing to do. Uh, okay, yeah, well, so the Whiteman story was certainly my favorite story in this episode, but my favorite scene was the drunken conversation between Maplewood and Defoe. Uh, it was good. Their discussion was really good. That that'd be runner up. I mean, I love that scene. So uh, uh, anyway, I'll talk about that in a minute. You want to talk any more about the scene that's your favorite? I mean, I, I won't highlight the specific things that they do, but well, the the big reason why I picked the scene in 1941 was while they're running away and just how it seems like Whiteman really cares about Esther beforehand, before the whole running away and the bombing. It really seems like Whiteman's just trying to get rid of Esther, right? Like, oh, yes. maybe I'll join you. You should go up north. You got an aunt somewhere? <laughs> like, you, right. you got someone you can stay with that's not here with me? Yep. But during this runaway, after the end of this runaway scene, it really seems like Whiteman cares about Esther and just the, yeah. holding her and stuff. He tells her, like, I won't leave you. Even at one point, and this is just cinematography more than it yep. was him caring for Esther. But like, he loses his hat while he's carrying Esther. Yep. Keeps and going. He, he leaves it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Indiana Jones. Yeah. He's no Indiana Jones. <laughs> no Harrison Ford. Like in drinking. <laughs> yeah. It's a really emotional scene. A really just emotional section of the episode. And then for him to lose her, I, I suddenly Whiteman might be my favorite character in the series. After yeah. We, after I was so critical of him early on. This is a one dimensional like villain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. So yeah, this this is good, good stuff. It really is. I love it. So um just to, to kind of you know recap a little bit more about that scene. Uh they they chat through the bombings. She was what was what was called a kinder kid, uh, which I mean, just speaking some German that sounds a lot like I, I'm sorry, Kinderkind, which would sounds a lot like a kitty kid, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, um She's slipped out of Berlin when it got too dangerous. Uh, his name is actually Carl. So he opens up to her quite a bit by, by saying this. The explosions spook Esther out of the flat. And Charles catches up to her and she hugs him. When she, when, as soon as he catches up to her, she, you, know, you can see she regrets having run away. And she's so grateful that he chased her down. 
you know, he carries her most of the way to the subway. And they do, you didn't mention, they do help this lady in. She was about oh, to be yes. locked out. And eventually, but they helped yeah. Holly in. Yeah, yeah. But the, like, the one of my favorite bits about this is that he does say to her, I'm here and I'm not going anywhere, I promise. So, ah, love it. Good stuff. But what I love more is Maplewood and Defoe discussing free will, that's the Maplewood side, versus predetermined outcomes, which is the Defoe side. This is really funny to me, because obviously the listeners have no way of knowing this, but I remember yeah. in high school chatting with you about free yeah. will quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a yeah. big discussion point. Yeah. Um, I, I feel one way about it. I think you feel another way. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Maplewood to each other's Defoe, <laughs> or whatever. So, yes. Uh, I mean, Yes and no. I, I mean, I I love predetermined outcomes as described the way that Defoe describes them. I really do. I really think that's really cool. But uh, but I also do kind of believe that we do have some sense of control. So I'm, I'm really I would really walk in the line between Maplewood and Defoe here, which is maybe why I, I love this like... scene so much. Uh-huh. But anyways, they discuss their relative affection or lack thereof for Kyle. Obviously, Maplewood is seeming like the company person here and Defoe, not so much. It's really, I, I thought it was like a beautiful, intriguing conversation that ends up, that ends when Maplewood tells him that she thinks the new society is worth fighting to protect and he tears up and excuses himself to the bathroom. But he's he's truly enjoyed her company. And he's really, really glad to have met her. But the reason I love this scene is because they both talk about the illusion that they take solace in, right? Oh, Def- you know, Def- you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Defoe Def- takes-, <laughs> Def- takes solace in the idea of predestination, mm-hmm. and Maplewood takes solace in Kyle. Uh, he, and he even, the quote that he uses is, it's an illusion and a pleasant one. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Uh, I, I really, really like that. So. This kind of yeah. reminds me of like a lies of society discussion. Like there, there are lies we tell ourselves as a, like yep. a civilization or society that kind of help society keep running. Like yes, cheaters never prosper. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, cheating, cheating can help you get through things. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, violence is yeah, the answer. Pl- yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, uh, quitters never win. Yeah, winners, winners, <laughs> never, winners never quit. Totally disagree <laughs> with that. <laughs> but anyway, all right, Kurt. Now it is time for a new segment: the Magic Mind Moment. The Magic Mind Moment, Ooh. Kurt. <laughs> We've Magical. never done this before. Uh, this is a segment that is sponsored by our friends at magic mind which is uh i i would call it a, a focus drink not an energy drink would you would you agree with that i definitely wouldn't call it an energy drink it's not like a yeah. monster or a red bull that's full of a bunch of caffeine it's less than a cup of coffee that's right yeah now i will tell you also that i do not drink coffee we're two uh, opposites on this spectrum yeah. as well, actually, because you don't drink coffee at all. I drink it every morning before work, at least right. one cup, and then sometimes I'll have one. Yeah, but w- but we have both tried Magic Mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that I am totally good in the mornings. Mornings are not my problem. Afternoons are my problem. I eat lunch, and then I want to nap immediately. So <laughs> Fall asleep. Uh, this is the way I am. Uh, so what I've done is I tried... Uh, uh, drinking some magic mind with 
my lunch. And I'll tell you, the first, I, I've only tried it for a couple of days, but I have not had that afternoon slog that I normally have. I've stayed sharp. I've stayed focused. It's been pretty good. And even later in the day, I, I'm notorious for falling asleep during movies. So mm-hmm. I, my kids and I will watch a movie uh, in the evening, and I almost always fall asleep. I did not fall asleep when I took when I drank that Magic Mind. <laughs> so... I didn't realize it. I didn't really feel much different, but at the end of the day, I looked back on it and I was like, huh, I did not doze off. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty big win for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. How are you feeling about it? So I've added it in with my morning coffee. So instead of having a morning coffee and then sometimes I'll have another cup or like another two cups in the, in the middle of the day, I'll have my morning cup of coffee with the magic mind. And thus far, I haven't felt the need to have a second cup of coffee, so that's been and you normally you normally would have a second cup of coffee. About half my work days, I'd have a second okay. cup of coffee. So not right. every day, but some yeah. days. And sometimes, you know, I have a long commute back from work. I'll feel I feel tired. Yeah. <laughs> you do not. I do. So yeah. when I drive home from work, sometimes I get home and I just feel real tired after that long car ride. Have not felt that thus far. So we'll okay. We'll keep it going, but you know, as a big caffeine lover, I do like the magic mind. And the other big benefit I feel about it is when I drink my coffee, because this means a lot to me, I don't put any cream or sugar in it because I don't really want those as extra calories. Yeah. Magic Mind, not a lot of extra calories. So I'm okay with that. So, That's yeah. cool. That's Pick cool. You know what I appreciate about it too is my, I, I think I've got on record as saying my son has a lot of food allergies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Magic Mind, gluten free, dairy free, vegan, nut free. I like that. Feels very very safe to me. Yeah, so your son. <laughs> That's right. That's good. So so it's, you know it's 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 a lot of things. Magic Mind. It's a matcha tea. There's uh, lion's mane mushrooms. There's cordyceps mushrooms, which we've talked about. But don't worry, these are not the not the, not the Last of Us cordyceps. These are uh, ones that actually help your brain function. So uh, so I you know what I'm a I'm a fledgling fan of Magic Mind. It is uh, I've liked it so far. I'm definitely going to keep trying it. It's really really exciting time to uh, to be trying this. And apparently they're pretty excited about show hoppers as well at Magic Mind because they've given us a link and a code to use if you want to try it out. Uh, it's a pretty big discount if you subscribe. And then it's an even bigger discount if you compound our discount code on top of it. And you know what our discount code is, Kurt? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it's a uh, Kurt twenty. Kurt twenty. K I R T twenty. So discount code. So please visit magicmind.com forward slash showhoppers. That's right. That's right. So why are we talking about Magic Mind as a segment, though, Kurt? Well, Magic Mind helps you focus. It gives you kind of that energy to get through the day and avoid that afternoon slog. Yeah, not so just we, the energy, but yeah, stress over. You don't you don't get that crash. That's a big that's one. right. That's a big one. That's right. <laughs> it is a huge. I mean, I didn't feel the so crash. I get that. So I get that with coffee. Yes. So I will. I, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at this episode of Bodies, and we're going to see who in this episode and when could have used a magic mind. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say for me that uh, the person who could have best used a magic mind is Charles Whiteman. And I'll tell you when, and I'll tell you why. I think Charles Whiteman could have used it when he first met Polly, and Polly offered uh, Esther that chocolate. 
because normally white men is hyper-focused and hyper-vigilant and hyper-aware of the dangers around him. But he was distracted by this guy in the tunnel who has who had been following them. But I believe that Charles Whiteman, with a magic mind, would have had enough focus to realize that Polly was a danger to Esther. Mm-hmm. And maybe said something like, oh, we can all share the chocolate if you want. You know, that, that makes a lot of sense. I, as a scene to pick with the magic mind moment, yeah. I didn't realize the chocolate was forebodingly like <laughs> foreshadowed upon. So I know yeah. I, that chocolate was a big surprise to me. So yeah, maybe I could have used, hmm, maybe, maybe I should have focused more in the beginning That's of the okay. episode. My, well, wh- wh- where would you, uh, who do you think needed the magic mind? I, I went with 2023, the bar scene between Hassan and Barber. Oh, interesting. Because Barber seems like he just can't accept the fact <laughs> that Hassan, the facts that Hassan's laying out about this crime across time. Crime across Bar- time. Barber's trying to point out contradictions, criticizing stuff in the photos, but he can't just accept and focus on the evidence in front of him. Mm. I think a bit of magic mind might be able to help him here. Ah, he, does right. eventually, he does eventually accept it, but, you know. Yeah. No, I think that, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Well, folks showhopperspodcast at gmail.com email us tell us what's the magic mind moment for you is it is it my idea whiteman with the chocolate is it kurt's idea barber with the the crimes through time or do you have another idea for what could have been the magic mind moment for this episode we'd love to hear from you showhopperspodcast at gmail.com and of course check out uh magic mind it's it's a pretty cool product magicmind.com forward slash showhoppers and use our discount code kurt20 k-i-r-t 20 www.magicmind.com forward slash showhoppers all one word s-h-o-w-h-o-p-p-e-r-s and the discount code is k-i-r-t 20 kurt 20 how do you how special do you feel that the discount code is named after you i feel like that's the way it should be I feel a little left out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's move on to our next segment, which, of course, is... Who said it? God, I'm nervous over this. Oh, you should be nervous. <laughs> you're, not, you're not nearly nervous enough. As usual, Kurt, I have four quotes for you. So see, there kind of has been like an inflation with the. Who well, said I it. feel like Started bodies. Today. Like I, I have to do four quotes with bodies. All right, okay. As soon as going to be a reason we'll have to do five quotes. That's Maybe it's on. So we'll, Maybe. We'll, we'll see. We'll keep it going. Anyway. Okay, your first quote. I just want to say, sorry, yeah. before you start the, your quote, that you've already broken the 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 honorable seal of time. Oh, I know. You had to do one per time. So I'm I'm curious as to what you're doing now. Now there's nothing. There's nothing holding you back. No, there's not. Okay. Are you ready for the mm-hmm. first quote? Yep. I will tell you what you could not know otherwise. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you what you could not know otherwise. That's right. Is it the same kind of the way you just said it? Is it the same like uh telling? Um, I mean, in a British accent. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you know, they're all like British. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I will tell you what you could not know otherwise. (laughs) 
I have no idea. Oh no. <laughs> this is this is kind of evil, but <laughs> it's... I, I'm gonna go with um Oh jeez, I have no idea what this is. I'm I'm gonna go with and this is just a this is just like a Hail Mary. I, I'm gonna go with nineteen forty one. First nineteen forty one scene of the episode when Whiteman's sec this is Whiteman's secretary saying this to him. And Kathleen. Kind of telling, yeah, Kathleen telling him the inside scoop as to what's going on. Okay. It is not that, Kurt. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is the voice on the record that Hassan plays <laughs> in the seemingly abandoned Harker house. So in, she, she kind of she breaks into Harker house mm -hmm. and she plays this record that instructs its listener to remember the name Iris Maplewood, who will get you as far as you have to go. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you give me that part? <laughs> yeah, I figured that. Well, <laughs> yeah, that 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 one. I you know, I was going to if if it had <laughs> if it had said if it had said she will get you as far as you need to go, I would have given you that. But it says Maplewood will get you as far as you need to go, and it's like I can't do that. That's too way too easy. So, <laughs> so what, we got to be on the lookout for. I mean, my immediate thought here is Defoe. That the Defoe for Defoe, yeah, yeah. This is somehow targeting him, but anyway, someone else is there in the house, and it is Andrew Morley. They knew that she'd come. Whoever they are, they used to bring Elias here as a thirteen-year-old. The, the the big shots would tell him it would all be his someday. It's which is kind of funny because it sounds it seems like they're telling him it would all be his in the past. It'll all be yours in your future, but in the past. Right. <laughs> Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, and seemingly, I, I don't know. Have, I'm thinking after seeing this lecture that Defoe gives that, and maybe this is not the right time to talk about it. I'll talk about it anyway. I'm thinking that that we actually have multiple, uh, multi, uh, what's his name? I've lost his name. Elias. Said, like no his... Elias. Oh, Maddox. So, Maddox. Yeah, I think we all actually have multiple of them. Oh, that... so you, th you think we've got copies? Yeah, I mean, I mean, clearly there are Defoe copies, right? Yeah, no. I, I so I'm, know. I'm wondering, if, you know, if, you know. Well, who, I don't know who... if the Defoe copies are just like they somehow use future technology to like replicate the body. Like, it's just corpses. There's not a. There's not two right. Defoe's walking around. Gotcha. Other than like the timeline wise. Listen, well, I predicted I'll... multiple dead bodies. You did. I'll take that. Well, I'll idea. explain later why I think we have multiple Maddoxes as well, but not not right now. Anyway, uh, that scared Elias when they said that this would all be his. Andrew thinks that everything they ever did scared Elias. <laughs> it was just, it seems like he might be right because Elias is pretty skittish. It's in this 2023 yeah. timeline. So anyway, uh, Saeed and Elaine couldn't take it anymore, but they had to get Hassan to the body so she could get to Elias, just like she always has done. And it's time for her to see. I like, I really like the line, just like she always has done. You're just like you always have done. Like that, yeah. to me, is like, uh, that's Prisoner of Azkaban rules, it sounds like. I like that. I like I that. too. It's all inevitable. Yep. I, I I like it, too. Okay. That was your first quote. You're 0 for 1 so far. You ready for quote number two? Yeah. Today, we're seen as merely meddlesome troublemakers. 
Jeez. <laughs> Today we're seeing it's just meddlesome trouble. This makes me feel man. Jeez, I really don't know. Today we're seeing it's just as merely. That's not merely. just it's merely, but whatever. Right. Today we're seeing merely. Today Meddles- we're seeing as merely meddlesome troublemakers. Who who could this be? <laughs> I'm, I'm like looking through right now. Who like I, I don't even have a a vague idea. <laughs> oh no. I'm so I, I actually lost feel, here. I'm feeling bad now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you should feel bad. Today we're seen as merely meddlesome troublemakers. I, I don't know if that helps or not, but that did not help me. I what today we're seen as I what what in tarnations? I'm <laughs> so lost. Okay. <laughs> today we're seen as because I'm trying to think of what character in what context is kind of introducing themselves, but with like I feel like this has got to be old timey, which we'll see. <laughs> I feel like this has got to be eighteen ninety or nineteen forty one, but there's not like that. Say one more time. Today we're seen as merely meddlesome troublemakers. I see now you're kind of saying like the nineteen forty one type of way. I, I, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna skip. Okay, I'm officially using a skip. I All think right. this is nineteen forty one, but I'm putting in an official skip here. All right, for the you got it. We'll, we'll then we'll back. move on to number three. Number three. Would you like to have a look at it? God, I just need an easy win. Would you like to have a look <laughs> at it? I thought this would be the easy win, actually. <laughs> would you like to have a look at it? Is if I like... say it the way the character said it, it'll be an easy win. Okay, please. Would you like to have a look okay, at go it? On, okay, go on, go on. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Polly to, um, I guess, Whiteman and... Uh... Well, no, actually, no. It's just Polly to... What's her name? Esther. Showing her locket, I think. You got it. That's right. Okay, Polly to to Esther. So the lady that helps that they help they helped her through the gates <laughs> gives Esther a piece of chocolate. I I wrote here. Well, it was as, inevitable. Uh, yeah, through that gate. I guess I guess you're right. If 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 you're on Team Defoe, then yes, it was. So I uh, I wrote here at this point. Poisoned? Question mark. Is she the phone lady? Question mark. So hey. <laughs> Give me some credit for that. That's oh, pretty good. Prob- I did wonder her voice. I was like, is she the phone lady? Yeah. Her voice. Yeah. Very, very much like that. And then. Yep. She agrees to watch her while Whiteman tracks down his, his tail. Now, this is where Whiteman really could have used some magic mind. Because if he's got his full wits about him, <laughs> uh, I don't think he leaves Esther alone with this lady. Anyway. Uh, and then I wrote down, oh, snap, the lady is Polly, because Esther asks her name. She tells her it's Polly. So now, like, I'm very confused. I'm like, wait a minute, is Polly the lady on the phone? This is what is going on here. But Whiteman gets attacked in the tunnel, and he kills his attacker, but also gets stabbed. And uh-oh, this attacker was a cop. So you have to wonder, is this the police force that that's keeping tabs on this guy or is this actually you know polly's crew keeping Mm -hmm. tabs on this guy i tend to think that this is polly's crew i think that uh the fact that this guy pulled the knife on whiteman and tried to stab him yeah and that's the big one too the fact that the guy tried it looks like tried to kill him i don't think it's the cops but he is a double cop killer now So anyway it up yeah 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 but during the during the time when he's away Esther does ask Polly uh, about the locket, and and she says, "Would you like to have a look at it?" 
And she, it's, it is clearly the locket that young Polly was wearing in 1890 when Hilling had fixed it. Okay, I still have no idea on that second quote, so please hit me with the fourth one. All right, fourth quote. Ready? Mm-hmm. You diva, look where that's got you. Jeez, man, you diva. You diva, look where that's got you. <laughs> Who says diva? <laughs> I don't rewatch the same episode. <laughs> we did watch the same episode. You diva, look where that's got you. See, I saw someone said the word diva. I feel like I would recognize this. Guy. I no. know, right? <laughs> You diva, look where that's got. Okay, well, you know, let me, let me let me try to analyze the rest of that. Look where that's got. I, I... <laughs> you already did something in twenty twenty three, but I you already showed me could. I, you diva, look where that's gotten you. I, I'll try to I'll try to give it to you like it's given in in the okay. actual context. Thank you. You diva, look where that's got okay. you. All right, okay, okay, well, thank you. Then it's twenty fifty three. It's uh, I think it's. I forgot her neighbor's name, but it's Maplewood's neighbor saying it. Lorna to, is the name of the neighbor. Lorna saying it after um, she's disabled her spine or done something to her, shocked her, like to help out Defoe. Like ta- tased her. Was it a tase? Uh, I, 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 I thought it was a tase, but maybe, maybe it was something else. I thought it was too futuristic for it. I, well, I felt like they're too futuristic to still be using this taser machine. Well, <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> no, I, but yeah, when she like, when she helps Defoe out. Gotcha. Well, you got the right character. It is, ah, and you so got when... the right scene, but it was not to Maple. It's when she it, knocked on the door. It was to her cat. Oh <laughs> yeah, on the sill. So Lorna shows up to get her cat off Maplewood's window ledge, and she says, "You diva, look where that's got you." <laughs> and at that point, that's when Maplewood hears the foe uh, running out of the apartment. He takes that opportunity to sneak out. They're obviously in cahoots, Lorna and Defoe. Uh, or seems like it anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> especially after she takes down, uh, after Lorna takes down Maplewood, and they <laughs> so, chat with each other. Yeah, yeah t- they'll yeah, take her so back to the chapel. What's it? Take her to chapel. That's the not the chapel. There's no definite article there, okay. Kurt. We know how important definite articles it are. Is. Take her to chapel, she says. Take her to chapel. Uh, I don't know. Maybe chapel's a person. Maybe uh, like t- maybe take like her chapel. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be Whitechapel. Who knows? But I think they're already in Whitechapel, aren't they? I don't know if they're. T- I don't know if I don't know the crime took place at Whitechapel. I don't know if she lives in Whitechapel, Maplewood. I think they all do, because. But maybe you might be right. She might not. But anyway, that's after Maplewood runs down uh, Defoe and, and tackles him. She gets whatever tased, futuristically tased by Lorna, <laughs> and uh, Defosio says, "What did you do?" And uh, so Lorna says, "Take her to chapel." So, so unbelievable. Yeah, it, was, it, it makes a, point, a lot. Of, but... It makes it. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'll give you half a point, but Thank it you. makes a lot of sense though because is she she has she's the one person like outside of the of uh, her job that Maplewood actually you know has contact with so this person is keeping tabs on maplewood apparently do that wreck me <laughs> like my one best friend turned out I... to... <laughs> watch out i'm gonna tase you kurt <laughs> you're keeping tabs on me all right <laughs> all right okay. so yeah so, so you've got what you've got one and a half out of two three no you got two and a half out of no yeah one what and do and you half have out of three i've not you done the one second and a half. quote 
I'm not one the second one and a half out of that. three. That's right. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be getting it. Okay. Last. Uh, back to that second quote. Today we're seen as merely meddlesome troublemakers. I uh, I think this is 1890, and Henry says it to Hillinghead. Well, time wise, timeline wise, you could not be further from. The correct answer. I thought you were going to say timeline wise, you've got it correct. Nope. But really, Polly said that. No, you just <laughs> Why'd you word it like that? You could have just said I was wrong. <laughs> timeline wise, you were as wrong as you could be. It's true, though. <laughs> Why? It's from like 2053. <laughs> Why'd you start it off with that? I don't know because I thought it would be funny. And look at the look at the chuckle we got out of it. Obviously, was funny. <laughs> it was not funny. It's it's hurtful. Well, sorry, okay. I go on. Well, I, I'm so, curious. So it's 2053. And oh this wait, is, can I just say that? Yeah, the lecture. Yeah, it was. It was the lecture. I didn't even think about the lecture. Yeah, it was Defoe's lecture. Maplewood sits in on Defoe's lecture about the Deutsche particle. Uh, now the Deutsche particle, as he describes it, splits. And one goes into the future, one goes into the past. An equal amount or no? That's yeah. that's I it's I think he said it's a perfectly symmetric sp- split. I like and that. one go, one goes into the future, one goes into the past. So this is why I'm thinking there's two we, man exes. Yes, yes. Uh and and defoes. I think that they, you know, they split into the past and into the future. So yeah. So that's that's where the uh, that, that's all. That's all. That's my reasoning for why I'm picking two Maddox. No, that no, makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Maplewood asks about his paper on the interaction of the Deutsche particle with with dark matter. It apparently got banned because it proved that time travel is possible in theory. But then after the lecture, privately, Defoe doesn't want the fate he believes that he has, even though he hasn't invented a time machine. So he asks her to stay with him. And she agrees, but she chooses the safe house. All right, Kurt, Stay this was with me. Okay, <laughs> this this was a not a not your best showing. And who said it? It, it was rough. I will I will uh, shoulder some of the blame. I do think those are really hard, but uh, yeah. So uh, sorry, but. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if I'm in the similar position, I give you layups. No, that's not true. I no, know, I do, I do. You have given me things that aren't even words, and then you get them, so they're still layups. <laughs> I, I didn't. You and shrinking, you gave me ooh. No, but you agreed that you should have got that. You agreed you should have. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you should have. You should have. Anyway, uh, okay. <laughs> well, this is this is our bicker across time, which is who said it, how you are one, two, overly three, four, cool. five, six, seven word sentence. Today we're seen as merely troublemakers, meddlesome troublemakers. <laughs> seven words. How can you miss that? <laughs> how could you miss that? <laughs> anyway, all right, Kurt. Let's uh, recap the scenes we haven't already done. Well, as I mentioned already, the opening titles, the B in bodies flips to a chocolate bar. I really like I really like the way they're doing this these opening titles because it does have me on the lookout for things like this. So when I saw the chocolate bar, I audibly gasped. 
Yeah, I, I'm so, so sad I missed this one. Yeah. In my defense, though, last time the D turned into a D. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that's why yes. I didn't look because yeah, that's kind enough. of BS. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, Speaking of kind of BS, there's some kind of BS on this first scene, but go on. Uh, oh, okay, so Barber <laughs> puts puts Maggie in charge of looking into Hillinghead. Uh, the because remember Hassan has found the name Hillinghead on that brick right underneath the symbol that's on the tattoo, which I guess we still don't know anything about the tattoo, do we? Nope. Ah, uh, interesting. We're halfway through. This this was the halfway point of the season, mm-hmm. so we are halfway through the season. We don't know anything about the tattoo. Anyway, they're blown away to find out that he was a Whitechapel detective. Hillinghead was. Hassan and Clive check the archives that go back, right back, right up the wazoo, uh, and find a file from 1890 labeled Long Harvest Lane. She is aghast when she sees photos of the same body, and Clive recognizes it too, <laughs> from, from a 1941 this is kind case. Of the yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I did give the explain away as to how he, he could have figured yeah. out Whiteman. Like, he's in on it in some way or someone, yeah. you know, gave the idea in his head. But Hassan, yeah. you're a detective. I feel like Hassan should key into this and be like, this is kind of <laughs> weird that you, you remember this case from 1941. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Clive recognizes it from 1941. Uh, Whiteman's last case. There's even, uh, did you notice this? There's a mugshot of Whiteman. No, I didn't see the mugshot. There's a mugshot. So, I mean, Whiteman has now killed two cops. They also did say it's his last case. Last case. Got a mugshot. I think that uh, we may be seeing the uh, demise of Whiteman in the next episode, much like we saw the the potential demise of Hillinghead in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Moving on to scenes that are less BSE. 1890, Henry tracks down Hillinghead drinking. Hillinghead says it's over, and last night was a mistake. Hillinghead returns home and lies to his wife and daughter about where he's been. Polly, it turns out, has been invited to play at the house of someone who was impressed with her at church. And he, I'm thinking that's Harker. What do you think? Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me too. I think that's okay. a Harker move right there. Yep, I mean, yep. especially now with the, when I saw the scene, I thought it was Harker. But now with the context of yep. Polly seems to be working part of Harker's or Mannix's organization. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Yep. All right. But he, uh, Hillinghead fixes her locket and we get to see the locket here. She also, by the way, knows that he's lying. So. She's a great detective. She has, yeah, maybe she should be a detective. That's a great topic change by Hillinghead. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think you're lying, Dad. Well, you should be a detective. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. You want to, you know what? We we normally would would pick which, uh, timeline to to go through here so you're again, right we should, I, uh, we forgot so, to do that again so, so let's let's do it now so we're, 1890. we're early in the episode. let's, yeah, let's, let's finish up 1890 because we have scene. a lot left yeah, yeah. so in 18 uh, henry has developed another photo of the harker reflection did you catch that another one yes so he's hanging oh. a photo of the harker reflection it's not I saw it, I, oh i so, didn't even look so, at it <laughs> I don't know if you can make a, I don't know if they could make a copy of a photo back then I don't think so so that tells me that he still has the original plate Ooh. yeah and he went to Hillinghead under the pretext of I don't have the original plate I need you have the only copy 
<laughs> so, yeah, uh, Uber. <laughs> yeah. So this this is this could be a big deal. I'm I'm like. I'll be a little heartbroken if Henry turns on Hillinghead, but I think he's going to. I'm I'm planting the flag right now. You think Henry turns on him? In what I way? I I, th- I think Henry's going to get himself hoisted his, uh, on his own baton. Batars. 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 <laughs> going going after uh, Julian Harker. Oh really? Whatever. Yeah. I I don't think uh, he's going to betray Hillinghead. So how do you explain the fact that he has another that he can make another copy of this photo? I well, I I think he took because he took the original photo, yeah. and he just lied to Hillinghead that he gave Hillinghead the only copy because originally he did so because he was the copy demanded all of his photocopies that he couldn't you know print this on and et cetera et cetera. So that's why he lied to Hillinghead, not because he's working with Harker or something, but just because he wants to have photocopies for himself to go after Harker because he's. Trust in the not really trust in the law, but trust in justice. <laughs> oh, I'm not buying that. I, I believe that he could do it all the time. He could have made this copy and he's a he dime a dozen copies. Yeah, yep. it's an altered photo, but purposefully to give to Hellinghead to kind of cause yep. all of this. I see exactly yeah. that's what that's what I'm saying. So, anyway, Hellinghead shows up for some boom chicka bow ow, and uh, <laughs> they do some they do some pillow talk here. Uh, but th- but more importantly, Hillinghead does say, you know, I, I I love my family. I don't want to lose them, okay, but I also need you. So like this is a very interesting dilemma that he's got here. Uh, but during the pillow talk, Henry's uh, paper is running a story naming Harker as a suspect, and they find a Harker fingerprint on Hillinghead's glasses. So that's Very all we convenient. get. Though. Very good. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's and consistent. They did show us uh, mm-hmm. Harker putting those glasses in Hillinghead's pocket. So I, in right. the moment when he did that, I was like, "That's very nice of him to do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. All right, so that's 1890. So where do you want to go next, Kurt? Ah, uh, World War II, 1941. Calloway wants to reopen the case and find Esther. A second voice was heard before that suicide, in quotes here. Uh, and that's what's prompting Callaway to want to open up the case again. Because you know what? If there was somebody else in the room with, I don't remember the guy's name that yeah. that was killed, that uh, Whiteman killed. But uh, if there was somebody else in the room with him, maybe it wasn't a suicide after all. So, And that puts the whole murder in question. <laughs> yeah, it does. So he picks up some food for Esther, how White, Whiteman does. And finds her dancing in the open window. And he reminds her how dangerous that is and sees someone watching them. So he wants her on a train to Scotland tomorrow. They'll sneak out during the bombing. Which happens. The bombing does happen. But they kind of chat through it. And this is where we find out that she was a kinder kid. This is your favorite scene. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go over this again. Then we go to uh, the lady that... Uh, they help through the gates, gives her a piece of chocolate. So it's Polly. We already talked about this. This was, uh, we talked about this when we gave the quotes and <laughs> during the magic mind moment. So uh, that got double coverage. So let's skip ahead now to Whiteman limping bloody out of the tunnel as the subway clears. He passes Polly who leaves him with a know you are loved. <laughs> Which there the penny apparently I would assume the penny drops for Whiteman there, especially if he's a detective. Yeah, <laughs> I like to think he goes, huh? 
That's an odd thing to say. <laughs> oh no, someone's poisoned Esther. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and there, there she is. She's dead, foaming at the mouth. And Whiteman is devastated. Yeah. He picks her up and just wails. And this, this is the emotional gut punch that I needed from this series to put it over the top. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's now. pretty good. This is origin yeah. story level stuff here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So this is. This is like, oh man, this this is good. This this was, like I say, I have I've, it's been lacking an emotional connection. Now I've got it. So that's good. All right, so that's that's that for 1941. Where to next, Kurt? My favorite year, 2023. The year in which we live right now. All right, we already talked about the first season, 2023. So 2023 continues. Hassan asks Maggie to run. The gaslight fingerprints. So remember, Hilling had Hilling had, had prints from the gaslight in 1890. And apparently they are now in this file that Hassan has found. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that if she can identify who they belong to, that might give her a clue to kill this person. She tells Barber what's going on and shows him the photos, and he tries to explain it away, but he really can't. He could have really used a magic mind. He could have used a magic mind for this, exactly. All right. Uh, Let's see. Moving forward in 2023, Barber and Hassan connect Tillinghead's prime suspect, Julian Harker, to Harker Legal. We talked about that last episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got that. Yes, he founded the firm in 1894, which is four years after we meet him. Andrew Morley worked there as a security guard at Harker House. And Hassan's going to go there to investigate off the books, oral only. <laughs> what are you, 12? Oh, man. All right. We already talked about uh, her, break- her break-in attempt here uh, and running into Andrew Morley. So we'll skip right to the last scene of the episode. Andrew brings Hassan to a room full of preserved Defoe bodies. And he he laments making Elias do something that he'll regret for the rest of his life. Well, that sounds foreboding. That sounds horrible. <laughs> but he needs Hassan to get him to do it, to build something better. So he locks her up. <laughs> and that is the Jeez. end of the episode. Yeah, but we yeah. still got it. We still, you and I still have to go to 2053. Oh, the, the future I look forward to. Yeah, although it's kind of freaky now because I'm looking at this now. I look at these 2053 scenes and I imagine myself as being in my 50s. I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to be doing in a world like this in my 50s? I know, right? Well, I doesn't um doesn't Defoe talk about when he was born in this in the scene? He's born in like the tw- the 2020s or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> they got his birthday last ep- or birth year last episode. I think it was 2022. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are. Uh, did we already finish 2053? Oh no, not no, quite. No, no. So so yeah. So uh, we already talked about the lecture, but then mm-hmm. the safe house that uh, Maplewood picks is her own flat, and they enjoy a nice dinner. And she'll she'll find his killer, even if it's him. And, and he does say he doesn't know Chapel Perilous. Yeah, this is the second time that he yeah, said that. He keeps saying he doesn't know who Chapel Perilous is. Or, yeah. Yeah. And this is, and he convinces Maplewood to uh, drink, even though she's on duty, and she drinks a bit too much. And maybe, maybe she could have used some magic mind, because she, he's going to play off the, her um, lack of focus to sneak out. And that's it. That's it. That's the whole episode. Wow, we covered a lot. 
before we even got to the recap. <laughs> there's not as many scenes as I thought there would be in a series like this. Well, I mean, there are more scenes more. than this. So it's just that They're the right. way that we do I keep time. track of them. Yeah, and you keep track of them is by, you know, that we don't change the scene until they cut to a new time period. So That's true. That's true. Yeah. That makes it feel like that there's a lot fewer scenes. That's right. And speaking of time, what about some TV time? Ooh. Ain't no time like a TV time. That's cool. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think the people gave this a five. How about you? Yes, I think people gave this a five. Okay. And they Sorry. they did. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with a definite article. Uh, 78% said five out of five. So... That's that. Now, how about the favorite characters? I think you said Whiteman. I already, I already said that way early in the beginning. Yeah, you really locked yourself into that. Thank goodness I just changed my answer going into TV time. No, you didn't. Uh, I think you went with Whiteman, and I think the people went with... I'll say Whiteman, too. I think the people went with Hassan for this one. Actually, let me see if Esther's votable, because we got we to gotta remember the in-memoriam vote. In-memoriam vote's kind of dead. Seriously? No, Esther is not votable anyway. So I'm going to say that the people went with Hassan. Okay. Oh, you're right. They went with Whiteman. 81%. Everyone wanted to love Whiteman. Whoa. They needed the opportunity to like Whiteman. Uh, you know, honestly, that's the way I felt. <laughs> <laughs> Whiteman's an interesting character. He's like he a is. bad boy. Yeah. Uh, rogue. Yeah. Cop doing his own thing. But now, now he's personable. He's... Yeah. Yeah. This is and good stuff. Yeah, too, I right? certainly I did go Whiteman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we all did. Well, yeah, you know that's this funny. Is... Whiteman went from in the first two episodes being the the flattest yep. character, yep, <laughs> like a caricature of just a corrupt cop. Yep. To he did great here in episode four. Oh, I, oh yeah, and I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested moving forward. A lot, you know, a lot of these storylines. This Hassan's... was this was maybe the easiest TV time that for me to to pick a favorite character. Me too. I I think yeah. I think it was for me too. Uh, Whiteman's definitely really interesting, and especially compared to all the other characters in this episode as a character, very interesting. But looking forward to all their storylines, I mean, yeah, where Whiteman goes from here looks like he's probably going to go up against, I think it's Perilous Chapels, the organization. I don't Ch- know if they're Chapel, the or- Chapel, Chapel Perilous. Perilous. I don't. Yeah. I think this is the organization that Mannix is puppeteering, mm-hmm. or at least Seems he's part way. of, or at least they elevate him. Well, I don't really but, know who owns okay. what. Well, hold on though, because mm-hmm. this is who. Maddox in 2053 is sending Maplewood to infiltrate and precisely and find out. So you okay? But, so you think? But that, really, they're all in cahoots. This is all oh. just one circular thing. Like really, oh. they're working together. That's what okay. I think. Okay, okay, interesting. I think Chapel Perilous is working with Mannix, and Mannix knows it too. At least in 2053, he knows it. <laughs> interesting. He just knows he has okay. to send. He's just trying to get the timeline all straight. It's all inevitable, you see. Okay. Well, so, I, so, so I think that in 2053, Mannix has gone rogue, and there's been a schism, or Chapel Perilous is gone rogue. So I think I think you're right. The Chapel Perilous was synonymous with Mannix or uh, Harker, whatever you want, however you want to think of him. From 1894. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Hold on. What? If there are multiple Mannixes. I was wondering this, too. I was gonna could the they be at odds? <laughs> I don't think about that. Could Mannix be fighting himself? Is Julian Harker. Th- oh, <laughs> man. I love this idea. You're, you know what? Because he, he looks older in the past. You're right. So I yes. wonder if he did a jump and then he went back. The question would be, though, if they go equal and opposite in direction mm-hmm. that does Maddox do a jump in say like 2053 
mm-hmm. backwards, so he ends up in the present time somewhere else. I, I'm curious. I, I'm not going to try to yeah. math it out and figure out where. Me neither. Did, but, but you know what? That's because they did. I. That's actually a really good show. I don't know whether they're like against that. each other necessarily, yeah. but the Julian. Harker Mannix is a different Mannix to the one in the future. I think so. And I think that they may be on opposite sides of a schism here. This, I mean, this, by the way, folks, if you like the sound of that, if you like the idea of that, check out Centaur World. <laughs> it's an animated series on Netflix, musical animated series. We've got full coverage of it. It will surprise you. It, it will surprise you. Yeah. So... Certainly. Uh, but anyway, this is uh, this is interesting. I I'm liking this idea. This is a possibility. I'm, see, uh, this series has done a good job of exciting me to what it me can too. Do there's there's a lot of potential here. They, they yeah. did a good job. Uh, Hillinghead. Yep. I you you know you've really called into question Henry for me. I don't yeah. think Henry's going to betray him, but it's I think he already has. It's not on the. <laughs> it's not on the. I it's not off the cards for me. But I yeah. I don't think he has, and I don't think he will. But uh, I don't know. Maplewood's <laughs> obviously bleeding future here, and then Hassan's just Hassan's very plot oriented. I'm, I'm still curious as to what what'll happen. Yeah, I mean right. Elias needs to needs her apparently, but we just don't really know how. Yeah, I you know, I, I, I I'm really curious how Hassan's going to cause Manix to blow up the bomb or how yeah that's, yeah that's gonna happen so. me too so this is um that, that i almost bought the graphic novel today because I'm, I'm like i really want to read it now but uh but i will wait until after we finish covering the series to read it but uh it has been released and you know all eight issues there are eight issues by the way of the of the comics so there are eight episodes of this so i'm assuming they kind of follow one episode or one comic per episode Oh, yeah. So, but they're all Pretty compiled into a into the thing. Maybe I'll just get it and then I'll read it immediately after we finish. You could you could read it as we cover this. Yeah, although I, I, who knows if it's different. Yeah, and that's the thing. I and I it's I did that with the first season of Game of Thrones because the first season of Game of Thrones is actually really true to the novel. You could you could watch an episode and then read up to the end of that episode, and it, it was it worked. But I was always nervous that they were to drop something in. And in later seasons, they definitely did. Like, I could not do that with later seasons. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know yeah, how I this was going to work. I'm not going to. Uh, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't. I'm not going to. It's, it's too exciting. This is really too exciting to, to, like, seek out spoilers. I don't want to do that. So I think by the time we start dropping this, we'll, we'll have it just about done being cut will be just about done covering it so which is good because when i go to post this in the subreddit i don't want to get spoiled that's true yeah so. we'll be. <laughs> anyway all right well kurt i hope that the listeners have enjoyed this episode i hope that the listeners uh email us showhopperspodcast at gmail.com uh email us about the magic mind moment what do you think who who could have used some magic mind in fact Try out Magic Mind yourself. MagicMind.com slash showhoppers. Use the code KURT20 for 20% off. And I hope that the listeners will give us five-star ratings and reviews and tell their friends and coworkers all about the all about bodies, all about showhoppers, all about a murder at the end of the world, which we are covering right now as well. Although 
this version of Mr. Sal, past Sal, has no idea how that's going. <laughs> now we are recording this well in advance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, I, I hope that I hope that the listeners take all that into consideration, and I hope that the listeners will be back with us next time, next week, when we talk about episode five, which is called "We Are One Another's Ghosts." But in the meantime, listeners, know you are loved. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.